So it's it's this uh, I don't know this Fourth uh, of July week here in the United States. Yes, here in America. And there's um, the fireworks. I'm not personally a big fan of the fireworks. Same. I, I don't. I think I saw them once. After you see them once, you've kind of seen fireworks to me. I'm like, I saw that. I don't know, maybe once every 20 years you might want. I don't know. I'm good, though. But in any event. Yes. key point is a lot of people take off this week. The time off. And we are those people. We are. A part of those people. Where do you think they're all going? To lakes and cookouts and... Perhaps oceans. Pittsburgh, Pittsburghers like to travel to Duck, North Carolina, uh, pretty much on mass. I know that <laughs> it's a popular destination. There's lots of Pittsburghers that go there for the summer. I'm not going there. Also, um, family reunions. Sure. So that kind of thing. Yes. You might be there yourself. Perhaps cooking out right as we speak. So. In, in the light of that, we're going to have one more encore uh, performance here for you. And then, uh, you know, we have some, some nice new shows yes, lined worry. up. Don't worry, listeners. No, coming up <laughs> to this. But, yeah, this is a, a high vacationing week. Yeah. That's all. That's all. So we're going to spin uh, an early episode that we like that you may not have heard called Bedtime. Bedtime, yes. Yeah, not for Bonzo, just regular bedtime. Just regular bedtime. <laughs> yeah, it covers a nightmare, right? Yes, and that one I did enjoy. And I think I was very excited in my delivery about it because it was fascinating. Uh-huh. <laughs> and still to this day, it's fascinating. Yeah, and you had, uh, I know you had Bunkum for one of them. Bunk. Bunk. Like a bunk bed. Oh, right. Bunk. And, uh, and sleep tight. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I enjoyed a theory that is not correct. I do remember that. Right, but yeah. it's you have to explore all the things. Of course. So that had some fun in it. Yes, and Pipe Dream is, is one of my favorites. Pipe Dream uh, sort of uh, blew my mind a little. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> Just unexpected, and then it makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, right. Yeah, so it's one of those. So I, I hope you, dear listeners, will enjoy that and um, uh, take it in and, and see us the, again when we're back next week in live. And we're not live anyway, but I mean, you yeah, know what I mean. Live and, and... We're as live as we are right now. Yes. So there's that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Always thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Everybody. How's it going? We are recording for you our first social distance recording yes. of whole nine yards. We can't see each other. Can't see each other. But we can hear each other. Totally. And uh, Ray was singing earlier. You missed it. Yeah. But uh, maybe I'll put some on the end later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't because of the BMI ass cap. Oh, right. But you do that ping, 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 ping. I don't think you do that Yeah, I do my that. pews and my. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're doing this and we're. I feel okay. I feel like I can hear you and everything's Same. good, right? Sounds good to me. Yeah. I feel like we're not, yeah, sounds good. Not too crazy. No. Nope. We usually give each other some faces during the recording. We can't do that, so. Uh, we have to imagine. Yeah. Imagine my face. <laughs> gonna, I'm going to imagine the faces. 
<laughs> so, so today we're doing a sleep, sleep idioms, right? Yeah, sleepy words, sleepy related words. Yeah, I mean, the words they don't have they don't necessarily relate to sleep. Yeah, although. just the idea of things things related to sleeping. Sleepy words. Yeah. Yeah. What's your first one? Uh, I have nightmare. Ooh, how do you feel about nightmare? I. I thought I found this to be uh, pretty. I don't know, in- interesting to research. Anyway, I enjoyed it. I was surprised and taken taken on a journey that I didn't expect, as I I, I am sometimes. Um. So, what do you you know? What's a nightmare to you? What do you say? What do oh, you think? Oh man, I had one the other night. Oh, yeah. I, I don't usually get them, but once in a while I do. Um. So yeah, everybody know you wake up scared. You wake up like something was after you or some kind of something you can't control at all and it feels uh, ominous. Defined it as a terrifying or very unpleasant experience or prospect. I, I haven't defined it. I've looked up the definition. Yeah. And that's the definition that I, that I liked to, to say. Um, so, yeah, this is interesting. This word, phrase, comes from a time... When like we as a species in general were uh, a lot more superstitious, you know, mythical explanations for things or mystical explanations, not real. You yeah, know, a little backward. We'd explain the things, uh, you know, without evidence or uh, whatever. Some guy yelled out in the crowd. We'd Which like, oh, is float and all that, right? What's that? Which is float, right? <laughs> <laughs> Small rocks, <laughs> um, right? Exactly. We didn't have, you know, eh, whatever. But uh, this is really cool. The word uh, mare, M-A-R-E, is dated back to as early as uh, 700, which is before we do the the thing, right? Yeah, that's early, man. Yeah, super early. Uh, And there's many, many, many languages and many, many, many cultures that have this kind of phrase of mare, M-A-R-E. Dutch, German, French, Polish, Czech... Uh, kind of all use this term from the root uh, M-E-R, meaning to harm, which is also uh, the base words for uh, mortal and murder. Oh. I know. It's it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, so that's the, the foundation of mare. Um, but nightmare is my favorite a Middle English phrase, term, whatever. Um, and they use this word, they define the word mare. I'm going back now, back to 700. But we, the term nightmare was in the Middle English. But mare itself uh, meant a female evil spirit thought to lie upon and suffocate sleepers slash goblin incubus. Oh, snap. Yeah. Um, Wait. Yeah. Uh, is there anything, any correlation to the horse mare? Well, that's we. I think we get some stuff, but it's like they sort of. It's a different route that I'll explain to you as we get there. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, no, you're cool. That same thing. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, it's it's a horse thing, but it's they're depicted kind of in art as I guess like horse like demons kind of thing, but they're not related. I think it was just because of like we know that a mare's a horse. And the you know folks knew that. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, so M A R developed from mm, 
I don't know, M E M A E, the A E with the thing. Right. R E, that's the root of, I believe, an ampersand. That's another one. Uh, and in Old English around the fifth century. So Old German fables uh, kind of talk of a lot of these sleepy time demons. And they, uh, the, some of the names are the Alp, the Trud, the Mare, and the Mart. And uh, some suggested ways that the Germans stayed safe from these things were uh, plugging up the keyholes uh, in your room, getting into bed backwards, putting something steel in the bed, or placing a pair of shoes with the toes facing the front door. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that will protect you from this uh, female demon who lays upon your chest and tries to suffocate you yeah. as you sleep. Yeah. The Sorry, you're going to... No, no. Yeah. But the I got them all except the shoes. You know, but... <laughs> <laughs> so you're ready to run. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Uh, the night part was added to just kind of emphasize what I, you know, what I saw is, uh, emphasize that these demons visited at sleepy times instead of just during daytimes. The, uh, when I had the first, I guess, Oxford English example that I found is on 1562, an English bot using the term nightmare, uh, is in 1562, an English botanist, William Turner in a new herbal or herbal. I'm not sure if they said the H back then or not. Hmm. Uh, I'll say it normal, but it's in Middle English, so it's, you know, spelled really weird. Uh, a good remedy against the strangling of the nightmare, two words, referencing the uh, the dreaded incubus, and he talks about remedies of herbs that would save you from this night space mare. Not one word yet. Uh, and then in the 19th century, we start to turn the word nightmare into a literal bad dream sense, not a specific female demon suffocating us while we sleep, more in general sense of, man, that was, you know, that was an unpleasant dream I had, but nothing about the specifics of the female demon suffocating you. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, it's another OED site from uh, November 29th, 1826, uh, Sir Walter Scott, awaked from horrid dreams, dot, 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 I had the nightmare, in short. That was like one of the first. In what year? Uh, 1826. Yeah, see, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, 19th century, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like sleep paralysis is a real thing. Yeah. That your body does to you to keep you from moving around and sleepwalking and getting up and doing the things that are in your mind. Like your body puts, your, your brain puts your body into a paralysis. And some folks still see these demons in this state. They, they feel someone standing on their chest or they see a person holding them down. Um, that's a thing that still happens to people. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So, I mean, that is a weird, I, I don't know, I just, the, the researching this, I was like, this is fascinatingly wild. And wow, this thing is called a mare. So some writer, early 19th century maybe, uh, you know, commandeers that idea and flips it into the bad dream. The bad dream. It sounds like Walter Scott, Sir Walter Scott, sorry, didn't mean to disrespect. No. Um, yeah, he coins it into the dream sense of general bad dreams versus like the literal 
like sleep paralysis demon. All right. Uh, the mare that means female horse was emerging of two uh, Old English words, which are very close to, I don't know, mare, M-E-A-R-H, which meant horse and mire, but I think pronounced mare still, which I don't understand. So the, they took the M-E-A-R-H and the M-I-R-E and put that into M-A-R-E. Uh-huh. Uh, oh. And that's what female horse. And horse shows up in Old English spelled as H-O-R-S because they were simpler. Yeah. It was nice. You don't need so many letters. No. What's it sound like? Boosh, got it. Horse, got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I wasn't expecting to come upon like incubus witches of evil spirits in this one, uh, but that's where it comes from. Yeah, and I kind of, um, I'm taken aback, but I like it. Same. I was like, wow, this is fascinating. And wow. Yeah, the uh, sleep paralysis. I know that thing affects people still. Lots of lots of folks have that vibe. Yeah. All right. What do you What do you have? Well, in the sleep world, my first one up is bunk. All right. All right. Bunk. So I mean, we think of the of a bunk. Uh, you know, bunk bed is what we think of. Maybe you know we had them when we were kids, and they were. Two usually, uh, and you argued with your brother or sister about getting the top at the bottom, right? Yeah, I, yeah, but well. um, you know, in researching bunk, I came across uh, a plethora <sighs> such a great word of oddities, <laughs> and I'll just give you some of them, all right, because you know, it's a, we, we don't want to, you know what I mean, but. Here's a phrase that is that kept coming up that I had never heard. So I guess it's fallen out of fashion, but it seemed to be documented and used a lot while it was the hot thing to say. Mm-hmm. And that was done a bunk. Have you ever heard of that? Like that no. guy done a bunk. No, I have not heard that phrase. I know, me neither ever, yeah. but it seems like it was greatly common. I have, in, I have not even read it in a book or something, you know, nothing. Yeah, no. But it means to leave, to escape, to elude, often in context of, you know, like the, the guy that has a wife and family and then goes to the store and doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. That is, he, he's done a bunk. Done a bunk. Now, no explanation for why that terminology, ref, you know, means that. Yeah. And that's just an aside because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bunk meaning nonsense, mm-hmm. Buncombe County, uh, Buncombe. Okay. It's B-U-N-C-O-M-B-E. This is... Buncombe County, Buncombe. Buncombe, North Carolina, I believe. Ah, okay. There was this fellow, Felix Walker. He was a congressman representing that district and others in 1820. Mm-hmm. And Felix, I guess, you know... I'm not sure, hadn't done his homework or whatever, but they were debating this Missouri Compromise mm-hmm. and uh, in Congress. And it got to uh, Felix, and Felix felt like, I, I don't want to vote yet. I got to give a speech. 
and I'm going to talk to um, the folks at, in, at Buncombe. Mm-hmm. And the fellow congressmen, they were tired of debating. They wanted a resolve. They wanted a vote. And Felix just started spouting some nonsense stuff to fill air, apparently. All right. And they shouted him down. And and because he had mentioned he's got to talk to Buncombe, yeah. they were saying, you know, Buncombe, 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 which turned into bunk, which basically ended up meaning in that context, crapola. Huh. So that odd little part of it became why we say that's bunk. Bunk. You know? Filibuster Felix. Yeah, it wasn't quite a filibuster, but same basic gist, right? Huh. Uh, And his legend is of that. So there is a bigger story about Buncombe as an area and and mythology and grander stuff about the Civil War, but that is a greater aside and we're already down a side road <laughs> so uh, bunk as a bed yeah then ends up really especially meaning a, a bed but a series of beds like on a train or a ship derived from bunker mm-hmm. but in this instance uh all we have for that is uh, 16th century Scottish-English word bunker meaning chest box. How it turned into a, a, a little place where I sleep and then, you know, bed, no one has any information on. Okay. But uh, <laughs> that, so bunk where you sleep mm-hmm. is is bunker, Scottish-English, and that's a simple one. Yeah. That's what we got. Nice. Got, is it? Is it right? I don't know. I I got you said bunk, so I've been singing "Bunk with Me Tonight" by Lurleen Lumpkin from The Simpsons. Well, I was sing, singing uh, in my head while you were talking uh, "Nightmare" by Violent Thumbs, but again, <laughs> we can't sing it. No, I can't. Right. So let's take a break and and get in uh, some of our adverts, and we'll be right back, huh? Mm-hmm. Allswell believes in the power of a good night's sleep for all. Their products feature innovative technology and unbelievable comfort and support without deflating your wallet. Combining the best of both worlds, the Allswell features hybrid mattress technology with memory foam and individually wrapped coils. For a winning blend of comfort and support, follow the link in the show notes for financing as low as 0%, a 100-night risk-free trial, free shipping and returns, and a 10-year limited warranty. Designed to make good sleep accessible to all. Real luxury, unreal prices. Allswellhome.com. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clementemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clementemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. 
Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. All right, here we are. Hello. With the sleep idioms. Sleep idioms. And, uh, yeah, what's your, uh, what's that, right? I can't see you. Yeah, no, I can't see you. Um, <laughs> but you have Pipe Dream, you said. Yeah, I have Pipe Dream. I'm looking forward to Pipe Dream. What do you got? Uh, again, found the definition of an unattainable or fanciful hope or scheme. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. So this one, I guess it makes sense, but not where my head was. Um, pipe Dream refers to the dreams experienced while smoking opium. Nice. Yeah. Did you have any co- like mind of that? Oh, because of the pipe. Right. Wow, <laughs> I, I know, it's all right there. But again, I wasn't thinking it. No. Because what? It's hidden in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the term pipe dream uh, originated in the United States in the mid-1800s. Um, it says the Western United States was rife with opium dens, which, for those of us that don't know, uh, opium dens are places where opium was sold and smoked. Yeah. And also, for those of us who don't know, uh, smoking opium causes one to hallucinate. I've heard this. Same. I've never personally experienced it. No. Uh, at that time, the hallucinations were just called opium dreams, because, you know, why? why? What else would you need? Uh, and then by the 1870s, it seems like the term pipe dream replaced the phrase opium dream. Uh, it's It has this, opium has this kind of, um, I guess, tie to romantic poetry, romanticism in general, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, I know Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of Sherlock Holmes. Not This is not romantic poetry. This is just an aside about creatives enjoying opium, I guess. Um, Sherlock Holmes, the character, smoked opium freely in the books, I believe. I remember them you know, mentioning him smoking opium or <laughs> definitely taking laudanum. <laughs> um, but romantic poets like Percy Shelley, in fact, it's it just like, I don't know, it seems to be like really intertwined with romantic poetry, this opium craze. Sure, because it probably liberated their uh, constraints yeah. of their mind. Yeah, that's what uh, kind of what we get to. Like uh, Lewis Carroll, uh, there's no, I guess, evidence that I saw that he was an opium user, but same thing with Alice's Adventures in the Looking Class. What is it? Through the... Yeah, what is and it? we just had some We Lewis just had Carroll. it, that's what I'm saying. That was the, the Mad, Mad Hatter. Hatter, yeah. Yes. Alice's... Adventures in Wonderland. But that's not, is that what it's like? Through the looking glass. That's what, okay. Yes. Man, I'm so sorry, everybody. No. But it alludes to drug usage and opium usage in the in the stories. But he himself, again, does not like say that he used opium. Anyway, uh, by the 1890s, we're coming back into the, to the data. 
the term pipe dream was used figuratively to describe the unattainable or fanciful hope or scheme. And worldhistories.net has this uh, first usage uh, attributed into the Chicago Tribune. And they're speaking about um, air travel. It says, It, aerial navigation, has been regarded as a pipe dream for a good many years because they thought, we're never going to fly in the air. Right. How are you going to do that? We can't do it. We're, we're, we can't get up there. We don't have wings. There's nothing that can get up there. Um, in, I have an 1896 um, playwright George Ad uh, in a play, Artie, A Story of the Streets and Town. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Pen this line. Um, but then I was a spinning pipe dreams myself. Telling about how much I lose on the board and all that. Again with the year on this? 1896. 1896. But we're still like, we're still in full-fledged opium dens. Yeah. Like New York's last opium den was closed in a raid in 1957. Damn. Yeah. So we were well into the love and the opiums. They, I guess opium dens were banned in San Francisco in 1875. It's, it seems like this kind of happened with the gold rush, although then I'm also got some information that says it happened in Chicago, like the big opium craze. Well, I don't know. I, I think of it in the United States as exactly that, San Francisco. Like, um, yeah. Not necessarily gold mine, but um, I don't know. I just It just feels like that was where a lot of it started. But in that 19, 1896... Uh, George Ad, Ad, Ad play, it seemed to be like he used the phrase in the play in this context kind of people knew what the what the expression was by, by 1896. The pipe dream literally not meaning opium dreams but more fanciful schemes of, of hopes. It, it had made its uh, metamorphosis. It seems like in that the late 19th century people had kind of grasped that this is how we use this. Yeah. And we're going to run with it. Yeah, cuz you know they they could maybe they saw the the foreseeable down downfall of the opium dens. I don't know. Yeah. Again, not not expected. I don't know what. I didn't have like a specific thought going into this one, but I I didn't end up in a place where I I yeah, I thought I'd be. <laughs> yeah, I mean right out of the gate, I I don't know if I thought maybe it was like a tunnel vision, so uh, you're looking through a pipe, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I would have thought something like that. I don't know, but... Uh, yeah. An actual pipe. <laughs> an actual just, opium pipe. Just didn't put that together. No, because we don't think that way. <laughs> well, it's a damn shame. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that kind of... Yeah. All right. Yeah, pipe dreams. Well, I have sleep tight. Okay. Which, you know, you, you sometimes, often, I guess, think of it with the bed bugs bite, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, check this out. Okay, checking. Old beds, people didn't have box springs. So once you got a mattress, you had, you had it on the floor there, you had it on, you know, some something hard. Mm-hmm. And so to create uh, more comfort and suspension with old beds... Uh, people would create these frames with ropes, hmm. and uh, the ropes sort of acted like a like a primitive box spring. You mm-hmm. tie these tight ropes 
through a frame and then put your mattress on that. When you say mattress, though. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a mattress. Probably okay. it was full of feathers or something, you All know. Right. Cool. Right? It wasn't. We didn't have sort of perfect sleep. No, there's so. no phone back then. Yeah. But um, Comfort gel cools. Yeah. <laughs> none of that. Okay. But now, see, ironically, those don't need a box spring. Ah. Uh, but like a... Uh, <laughs> traditional. Yeah. <laughs> but as... Yeah. <laughs> Leave it in. So... That was so. Th there's a lot of people that that propagate this idea that the tight ropes meant sleeping tight. Mm -hmm. Keep your keep your ropes tight, you'll sleep better. Okay. All right. Yeah. And it seems like, uh, you know, you know, you go into an an old house, um, say maybe uh, you know a Frick Museum or something where someone used to live but is now a museum, and you get a tour guide walks you around tells you about mm -hmm. how stuff used to be docent and those people love this story because it's it's colorful and suggest often that oh well then you know the the masters of the house if somebody overstayed their welcome they would have the servants slowly loosen <laughs> the ropes uh, every night until the bed was sagging in the middle and the people would be uncomfortable and leave all right. And that's cute. It's very cute. But ain't it? Gah. Ha! <laughs> I'm like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> one of the ways that we're positive of that is just uh, for the most part, and as we've discovered through doing these and doing research on these, mm -hmm. you could find documentation. See, you would drag something back from 700 in the last one, right? So yeah. <laughs> mid-19th century was the initial popular use of this sleep tight business and rope beds were from way 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 before that yeah so okay. if sleep tight meant a rope bed we'd have heard about it yeah and uh, we didn't mm -hmm. so the uh, the first sources I, I found three different people quoting uh from this book by susan bradford epps 1866 this diary of hers called through some eventful years hmm. and her quote in that 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 uh, brings this up is she was apparently leaving for a trip and going to leave her diary behind. And so she says, all is ready and we leave as soon as breakfast is over. Goodbye, little diary. Sleep tight and wake bright for I will need you when I return. Hmm. So that that's our first documented use and that's 1866. Yeah. Short and sweet... As it is or not. Tight means tightly, means securely, means soundly. Sleep tight means sleep soundly. And mm -hmm. it's as simple as that. As far as the bed bugs go, uh, there was speculation that it that people thought, well, you keep your bed clothes on snugly and tightly and the bed bugs can't get you. But sleep securely. And it's it's really that simple. There's there's no great there's no great story, uh, and the rope bed really isn't it. But it can be. I mean, sure. If you wanted to, why be. not? Yeah, it's yeah. But no, right? Right. Yeah. Huh. So that's what I have, and that's whole nine yards for this episode. Yeah. Thanks social distance episodes. Yeah, for a social distance record.
Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, please email us now more than ever. Uh, that is hey you at whole the number nine yards.org. That's hey you at whole nine yards.org. And uh, give us your comments, suggestions, thoughts, and relative criticisms. I think I inverted that. Yeah. We'll get back to you or read them on the cyber air. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, subscribe, review, rate on the podcasting apps. That would be amazingly helpful as yeah, well. Yeah, thanks. Please, if you if you like us, please throw us a rating. It would help. Yeah. And uh, I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. We're, We're not, not idioms. idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music. 